0: You're listening to Blossoming Technologist, a podcast for young professionals in tech, discovering skills, careers, and tips for being in the tech industry. I'm your host, Marissa, and every week I interview a young professional to share their story on getting into the tech industry, what they currently do, and actionable advice for you navigating your own way. I'm so excited to have you here. Today we're joined by Lokajit Tikhaya a consultant in IT architecture at Dell Technologies based out of Bangalore, India. With 15 years as a software developer, Lokajit is passionate about his work helping business users understand requirements, creating optimal solutions, and helping developers implement the best product. In his free time, he writes about software engineering on Medium, helping budding software engineers learn how to succeed in their careers. Today, we dig into the important of a hobby, like writing, in helping your career and the specifics of what it's like to write on Medium, a platform with tons of technology content. We also discuss soft skills that are helpful for software engineering careers based on Lokajit's years of experience. Let's get started. Lokajit, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being on Blossoming Technologist. I want to get started with what first got you interested in the tech industry.
1: Sure. In India, basically, the parents want their kids to be either in engineering or in medical. And I have absolutely zero interest in medical. I did not even take the biology subjects in my studies. So engineering was the option. Actually, I was reading physics. But then after one year of physics, uh, I just switched to engineering. And then I was recruited into one of the IT company from my campus. So it was all natural progression. okay, studies, then you got get campus secreted and you get a job. So you take it and you do. But once I started doing the job, I really liked it. So I was a Java developer, like my first job was as a Java developer and really liked it and uh, like talking to the clients, like really seeing your code working, people using it, that interested me and I just loved it from there.
0: So how did that get you to where you are today in your current job? Because I know that you've been in the industry for 15 years now.
1: Yeah, I cannot believe it's already 15 years. So yeah, so when I, when I started with Satyam, I was like totally out of the college and I don't know how the corporate world works. But there was a really good training for three months. So that helped a lot. And I worked for clients like Murray Lynch and then Citigroup. So that gave me a lot of exposure like good exposure, working across different teams, different people from different continent. So I learned a lot how like people perceive technology, how they perceive deliveries and also how they perceive like the cultural differences. It is always there. Even if we are working in technology, the differences are there. So that was really interesting to me and I learned from them, like my Murray Lynch like my client was actually from the Hong Kong, like the manager I was working with from my client side was from Hong Kong. And their work culture is like, they just work, they Mm. they just work. And once he also suggested me the manager, like if you ever have to work in Hong Kong, just say no, (laughs) because they work a lot. But I picked up from them and I was like, I liked working. Like I always like working. I even today I work more than 10 hours. So from there, it always helped because I put in more effort and the sincere effort. So that helped me grow financially, designation wise, getting good work. And so all those things when I'm working and I am getting in return. So that was a cumulative effect for me. And it just continued for 15 years. And I didn't know and I really like where I am today in my job.
0: That's amazing. Oh, and I'm so excited to talk to you because I know you because we're both in a writing group for Medium by Tim Denning and Todd Bryson. Really awesome. And I'm also excited. I'm going to post this episode in our Slack, and I hope that some of our fellow writers are listening. If so, welcome. Thanks for listening. But I want to talk to you because a lot of your articles talk about soft skills of software development. And I think that's something that a lot of technologists, especially early career, Don't really think about as much or don't realize it's so important. So I kind of want to jump into that. When you're thinking back to when you first started in software development to where you are now, what were some misconceptions you had that you've now learned aren't quite true?
1: So when I started, I always thought that you need to be really super talented to be a successful developer. I knew everyone can code because we used to code in colleges and all. But I thought, okay, if you want to, means if you want to be successful, you need to be really talented. And then I found out like in coding, and just focus on the code and get a lot of code without defects and all for sure. But as I grew in my career and got to work with other people and found out what experienced people or the clients really expect, I saw that it's not always about code. I mean, yes, code is the core like the product, but how you produce that code matters a lot. Because we are not mason, like the developers are not masons or the product owners are all no So we are human beings, right? So how you treat each other, how you talk to each other, how you understand your clients and their requirements and their pain points, that helps you understand the requirement better. So that way you can convert those requirements into real code. Without understanding requirement, you can never convert them into code. So that's one part I understood. Okay, it's just not about code. Even if you are a really good coder, you don't know what you are coding. You are not going to deliver what the client wants. So that's individually. When it comes to group, we have a notion that developers work alone, but that's not true. Maybe for the freelancers to some extent, but still they have to work with clients. But when you are working in a company, you have to work with a team. And when you are working in a team, people come from different parts and different background, and they have different opinion about how people work. In that case, if you are empathetic about, yes, no, people come from different background, they have different expectations from their job, their daily life. Then you can talk to them much better. You can align with their ideas and produce code as a team, you can Never ever be able to deliver a product if you are not a team member. That's a big realization I had once I started, which I did not know before I started working in IT industry.
0: Yeah, it's so important, and like those are the developers who really go far when they have some of these soft skills other than just programming. So, talking about those skills, could you talk about like what are some of those skills that are essential in software development?
1: Right. I mean, apart from the coding, which we obviously need, one is communication. Like I said, we have to work in a group. We have to work with product owners, clients, managers, interlock. So communication. Communication is really important. And when I say communication, it's it's not just about speaking fluent English because I work um, as one of my uh, part of the team is in Brazil and they are not that fluent in English, but they can very well communicate with you about the requirement we can understand each other so the communication needs to be there for a team to be together to be able to understand each other it's not just about fluency and then the negotiation skill that has helped me a lot when I became a lead and then grew into architect because there are times when people talk about the same thing, but they just don't understand each other and everyone sticks to their ground. No, I need this. My application will do this. No, no, you cannot do that. And all those. That's where your negotiation skill helps. And when you are able to negotiate and get things sorted out, that's where you get a like, big boost to visibility in the company. People notice, OK, here is a person who can, whom you can put and they can solve it. So that negotiation skill is really, really important to grow. And not just for managers or it's for individual contributors. Also, it is important. And especially if you want to become architects and then the presentation skill. That's one soft skill I have learned. I'm still like I take a lot of course on presentation skill because when you grow in your career, you start presenting in your team, then to your managers, then senior managers. And when you grow, like I have presented to our CIOs and CTOs and presidents in Dell. So when you present them, you need to really know what is important for them. It is not just about what you know. You also have to know what, Part of your knowledge is really important to them. For team, yes, the details are very important, Uh, technical details. For managers, to some extent, yes. But when you go to like VP, senior VP, CIO and all, you need to give them a high-level overview and how your application is helping or how your design is going to help, not exact detail on how you implement and all. So that presentation skill is really important. And when you are good at presentation, you will always see that you are on the front row. And then people start recognizing, okay, oh, I see this person everywhere in the meeting and they are presenting <laughs> and all. So you get a really good boost. So presentation skill is really important. And another thing is problem solving. The last one I will say is really problem solving. If you are a junior developer, you are starting, it's fine. People will tell you what to do and you can do it. But if you are a senior developer or you want to become a become an architect or even a manager, it means if that's your path, then you need to be a problem solver. You cannot always run to someone else to solve your problem or give you a solution.
0: Oh my gosh, I agree on all of those. One thing I was thinking about with like presentation skills, um, I'm also a consultant. And so often I am the one presenting to the client which might be the cto for example and i'm always trying to be very intentional about what i present to them because like they don't have all the technical knowledge they don't need to know how i implemented that linked list or database or whatever it might be (laughs) yeah you need to tell them like the real value to them of Mm -hmm. the working software that you produce
1: yes and i can give you one example like a very small one but it happens all the time like when we are working in the system, we know all the acronyms. And so when I am presenting to the team, I always keep the sort forms. And once I was presenting to our new CIO and he kept interrupting me, oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? After two, three times, he said, no, you have to tell me the full. And I was so habituated with telling the sort forms. I was not telling him even after he told me three times, then he had to tell me, no, you have to explain me. I, I don't know the names. <laughs> then I was like, okay, I am, to, I am presenting in a different label now. <laughs>
0: I, that's like the fifth skill being able to translate acronyms to people.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so many acronyms. Um, yeah. So, I kind of want to talk about you write so many articles about how to succeed as a software developer. And so one of those articles that you wrote is, this is why software developers fail to succeed in their career. And you list one of the things as having a terrible attitude. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about a time when you've seen attitude play a big role in someone's career trajectory.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have seen, I mean, I will give you something that happened recently in our team, like last year. So, there was a developer who was really good, and he actually started one of the applications in Angular, and he was really good in Angular. Uh, I mean people learned from him, he started it from the scratch and everything. but he had a bit of attitude that he knows it all. He was like I said, he was good in technical, but you always need to know the functional part. you just cannot implement what you want. you have to implement what the company or your end user wants and he was a bit hesitant or reluctant to put in the features that the customer wants saying that, no, it it will not be good fit for application or something. And when other developers try to implement, uh, he will try to resist that part. No, no. Or he will try to delay it so that it gets out of the release and all. So that attitude was tolerated for some time, like quite some time. And because managers wanted to give him feedback, he's very good technically. So maybe we can work with the attitude and all. And But it did not change over the time. He was a really good technical developer, but we had to let him go because of the attitude. Because ultimately, it was becoming counterproductive for the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's crazy because I think it's something that people don't talk about when you're learning how to do computer science, like in college, for example. They don't tell mm-hmm. you how important attitude is and how important yes. being a team player is and all that stuff. So it's fascinating to like hear that it can literally end, end your job as it is if you don't have the right attitude. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. And so another point that you make in this article is around sincerity and that developers should really be sincere in the work that they do. So why is sincerity and proactiveness so important?
1: So we need to be sincere in all aspects of our life. So that gets a natural extension into your work. I mean, we all work for money. If we don't, if we are not getting money, we won't work. So, So if you don't need money, we won't work. So we are all working for money. So At that point, how do you differentiate yourself from anyone else who is doing the same job that you are also doing? That is where the sincerity comes in. For example, let's take an example of two people. One is very sincere. You don't have to follow up with them. They take their own task. They complete their task. They proactively report the starters. They test it proactively. Any issue comes, they fix it sincerely. There is no follow-up required at all. At the same time, Another developer who is equally good technically, but you have to ask them, can you pick up this task? You have to ask them, have you completed your task? Do you face any issue? Is there any roadblock? Okay, are you done with it? Can I give you another task? All these follow-ups, if you have to do, I would say the manager will always prefer the person who is sincere and proactive. It just makes it so frictionless with the person who is sincere and proactive. So Ultimately, it matters how you grow and sincerity and proactive with this example, we can clearly see that if you're sincere and proactive, you will always get a preference by your manager to grow further, get more responsibilities, and it will naturally help you.
0: So like, what if someone is not passionate about their career and they know that like being sincere about it would help them so much? Do you have any suggestions on how to maybe build up that passion or build up that sincerity?
1: Yeah, that's a tricky thing. If I am not passionate about something, I should first choose to find out what I'm passionate about. I mean, it's not always easy. I know we do a lot of tasks in a job which we might not want to do. But if the whole job itself, if I'm not passionate about software job itself, then it is very difficult for me to be sincere. And I agree. If that is the reason you are not sincere, then maybe for now. You can continue because everyone has their limitations and situations. But try to find out a work that you are passionate about. That is my first suggestion. But if you are passionate about the job, but because of some situation, like you don't have a good team or the work is not good or your manager is not good enough for you, then there is suggestion like, try to talk to the manager and try to sort it out within the team because you are going to work with people no matter which company you change. People generally change company thinking that it will change their situation but that's not true. You get to work with people. So I will say that go and talk to your manager. See if you can get some work that you think is interesting for you and if you get it then If you feel that the task is going to make you sincere because it's not you who is insincere, it's just your situation or environment, then try to change that. Try to change that environment and talk about it, maybe a mentor, because this is one thing. My articles, I try to point out, have a mentor. Depending on the culture, people are not very comfortable to talk to their managers, but you can have a mentor. And when you have a mentor, it's not a hierarchy thing. So you can openly talk to them and they can suggest and they can find out based on their experience. They can tell you, OK, either you are a good fit or not. And when you know that you are a good fit and it is just a situation, then they will tell you the steps to talk to your team, talk to your manager to find out a work that you are interested. And then you can be sincere as long as you're passionate about it.
0: I think that will help anyone who is maybe hearing about like, oh yes, like I need to be sincere. I need to be passionate about this, but then has that moment of like, but I'm not. So that's Mm -hmm. some great advice for finding a mentor, figuring out what you're passionate about and then taking action on that. I love that. And so I do want to dig more into your writing because I think as a technologist, it's always interesting to have other hobbies that kind of, play into your job a little bit, but you're able to kind of express yourself more on the skills that you learn and help other people in software development. So all that to say, you have tons of viral articles on Medium. And for those of you who are not familiar with Medium too much, a viral article basically has... I don't know, thousands of claps, which are kind of like likes in other social media. It's being shared across multiple platforms. It's got tons of views. People are reading it, you know? And so I want to talk about your hobby in writing and how that really relates to your job in tech. To start us off, what led you to decide to write on Medium?
1: I knew about the Medium platform from 2018 if i see my membership detail i am member from 2018 august so i knew about it but i never thought about writing i thought okay writers are like something big deal i'm just a reader that's what i used to think (laughs) and we have group of friends in office who all of us use medium and we used to share article oh this is a very nice article we are all paid members so we can read as many we want so we used to share And then slowly, when we used to discuss about it and put our perspective and all, it is not just about technical articles. It used to be self-help and all other articles. Some of my friends used to be, you can put your thoughts into articles. You have really good thoughts. You can (laughs) like, you can talk about it. they're like, no, I get ideas from articles and I'm just extending on that. And they were like, yeah, that's what is writing. You can put your, (laughs) so (laughs) I was like, okay. And that was just going on like that. And then the COVID thing happened. I no longer have to go to office, so I had a lot of time saving. Bangalore traffic is crazy. Just to go for six kilometer, I need thirty to forty minutes. Now I am saving two hours up and down. Oh my god! Traffic. (laughs) So I was like, okay, let me do something out of it, and let me try writing some articles. Let me see where it goes. And I started writing around July 2020, August 2020 years. And my initial two months was all right. I was trying to write some self-help articles because most of them I was reading in that category. And then I was like, okay, why don't I write something that is easy for me, that comes from my work and I'm comfortable writing, that flows. I just don't have to think. And then I was like, okay, let me write. I have 15 years of experience in software engineering. Let me write <laughs> and see. And the, to my surprise, one of those articles like clicked and uh, I gained followers. And now I see almost every month, uh, at least one article clicks or two to three. And now I don't write much because I don't want to force. Then I will feel like, okay, this is just another chore, And it becomes heavy on me. I try to write one article a week and it works out for me. Like two out of those three gets more than a thousand claps. And also uh, that's how that got started. I feel lucky that it was so quick on Medium.
0: Oh, and it's incredible. I mean, all your articles are so good. I feel like I'm always reading them and commenting on them because I'm like, oh, my God, look at you. Like, this is exactly what I needed right now.
1: (laughs) Um, So
0: (laughs) I would love to talk about. So with writing, like, what is your favorite part about the writing process?
1: It has something related to coding. Also, the same kick I get when I code. So you code something and you see the output immediately when you run it and you are like, okay, yeah, it's working or it's not working. I need to fix it. You just have the excitement. Similarly, when I write, so I keep reading, I write a paragraph. I'm slow in writing because I keep reading my paragraph and I was like, oh, this is good. This is nice. I get that kick or, oh, no, this is not good. It's like you got a compilation error. Oh, this is not good. Let me fix it. And I write it. So I relate it to code and I feel like, oh, this is amazing. It gives me the same kind of kick that I'm getting from my code activity so that's what I really like when you write it just flows and even if it doesn't flow and if you don't like it it's like a bad code that you need to correct so awesome so that's I
0: (laughs) I love it I think I have two favorite parts one is just like writing for me is very reflective it helps me like really hone in on my thoughts and feelings and everything and then the second thing which is kind of my favorite part of medium specifically, is just seeing it resonating with other people. Like when people comment on my articles, I get so happy.
1: Yeah, that's exactly a very good point. You talk about people when they're reading and commenting. There are comments which are really constructive and there are comments which are not constructive. But what I learned, like you talked about Tim and Todd's course, right? Uh, one of that that is, okay, if it is not constructive, just let it go. Like, just let it go. Say that, unfortunately, we don't agree on it and just let it go. But I gain so much from the comments itself because I work in just one company. And now 100 people are commenting. They work in 100 different companies. So they speak about the culture they come from. They speak about their experience. So I also gain from what readers comment in, the, uh, in my articles. That's, yes, that's really good.
0: <laughs> I just remembered... There was one article you wrote. I don't remember specifically what it was about, but I commented on it and my comment got more claps than most of my articles do. And I was
1: like, God. God. (laughs) So it it, it resonated with the readers. That's nice. Maybe I
0: need to make an article based on my comment. Exactly.
1: That's a good idea. Go
0: viral. Yeah.
1: Mm
0: So, with your articles, I'm going to read out a couple of their names just to give people an idea. And I'll, I'll also post links to these in the show notes. One of them is This is Why Software Developers Fail to Succeed in Their Career. Are Senior Developers Worth Their Place in the Team? Top Seven Signs of an Inexperienced Programmer five most difficult programming languages in the world. All of these like very descriptive topics and things that can really help people in their careers. So I am so curious, how do you come up with the ideas for your articles?
1: Right, that struggle is always there. (laughs) (laughs) So for now it helps because I'm just getting started. So I have a lot of experience to share from my last 15 years of experience. So I get it naturally, but what I do is other than from my experience, I read other people article, like it doesn't have to be people who are very famous or something because medium has this good thing that you follow a publication. So I follow all the technology specific publication, and I get suggestions. So I read them. And when I read them, I just don't try to skip I try to read because in a paragraph or in three paragraphs, you will see a line that will click with you. So oh this is good okay this is an idea I can expand on it maybe better than the writer who has written it so that is one way I keep reading articles (laughs) I I, I try to so I keep reading and then the YouTube videos I like the YouTube videos because when you write you don't want to write too much because people will then go bored and some perspective gets missed out but when you see the videos they keep talking and they say all the perspective so that helps me a lot so the YouTube videos that and Yes, the technical technology space in Quora is also helpful. So generally what I do is I go and see, I read something. If it interests me, I try to see how many upvotes are there. And if it has a lot of upvotes, I know, okay, this is something interesting for the people. And maybe if I can write it in a good way, maybe it will work. So that's one thing.
0: (laughs) The people will like it.
1: (laughs) Yes, people might like it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I kind of want to talk because I know everyone doesn't know about Medium, but on Medium, when you go viral or even just having an article out there, you can make money off of these articles through the Medium Partner Program. And so you mentioned in one of your articles, I think you reflected on a bunch of them on how much money you've made. And one of your first viral articles, the five most difficult programming languages in the world, made over 500 U.S. dollars. So... I kind of want you to share like how do you make money on medium for your articles
1: right that was my first one that clicked so when you when you write on medium like if you are part of the medium partner program and you put your article behind paywall so based on the reads they and the read time of the paid members their medium calculates like they have their fuzzy algorithm <laughs> calculates money on that so it has to be paid paid member read time, unpaid member read time does not count or people viewing the article does not count because they show you the view count and also read count and the read counts of paid members because what they do is they club the money together of the paid members and divide among people whom they read, among the writers whom those people read about. That's how Medium pays the writer and it's I think it is the easiest platform for a new writer to make money. I don't think there is any other platform or your self blog which can make this much money. It's crazy money.
0: Absolutely. Like I know when I wanted to start writing, I was like, do I do a personal blog or do I do medium? And eventually I was like, wait, if I do medium, there's already an audience there and I can make money off of my thoughts that I write about. Like it's a kind of a no-brainer, and you mentioned the algorithm from Medium. Do you ever just sit there and think about like what is going in this algorithm? Because people talk right. about it all the time,
1: right? And I, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm way far from what they're like. Actually doing. I, mean, I just think like, how do they really calculate? Because they calculate every day. How do you know my $5 gets you? Do they say that, okay, buy 30 and every day you have this much cents? Or what happens if I read for one week and don't read for the rest of the month? How do they balance that money? Because they calculate every day, not every 30 days. Like, it's crazy. They have really good algorithm. I mean, I know it goes ups and downs, but I just love that algorithm.
0: I know it's like as a software developer, I'm like, show me the code. I want to know. I want to know what's happening. It's wild. Um, anyway, beyond that, so why do you think Medium is a good place for technologists to write?
1: It's not just like I am writing on the medium. Most of our team members know about medium. And we see that many a times it is a medium article. Like if I am doing something, for example, let me give you an example. Recently, me and our enterprise architect, we were trying to do some R&D on the Uber Cadence uh, platform or Netflix conductor platform. So I said, okay, let me do Netflix conductor And so I went to the Netflix conductor documents and I wanted to find out somewhere, some sample code, if someone has implemented. And the only place I found is in medium. And I was like, wow <laughs> okay that's good because not much article are there on act- real implementation but that is in the mediums so the best part is that people know about medium and writers are trying to put it in medium the platform has made it so easy for the writers without having to handle the domain name bringing in audience and all those so more and more people are writing and recently uh, i think the pragmatic programmer they also joined the medium and all their books are available that's just amazing like every article from them every book from them is available so that's why i really like that there is a platform which is giving all these details just for five dollars a month and you don't have to even pay if it is not behind the paywall if the article is not behind the paywall
0: it always amazes me that such a large population of medium writers are technical people like Mm -hmm. it's a very big technical crowd while there are tons of self-development articles and all that stuff, a lot of the tech articles go insane because so yes. many developers use it.
1: Yeah. And if you see recently the six trending articles on Medium, if you notice half of them are about some new products or new technology uh, and all that. And I was like, okay, it's, because that's standard across everyone the globe. So I think, okay, if these topics are trending, the people are writing, Plus there are more and more people trying to read it. So that's why it is trending.
0: Yeah. And I think whether you like to write or you just want to read as a technologist, especially if you're starting out in your career, medium is just a great place to read about what other people in the industry are doing and finding your niche there, which has just been really cool. And that's also something that you can put on your resume. If you're writing for medium and you're writing technical articles, especially like people want to see that, like you're interested in the technology and gaining that knowledge. So kind of with that, I'm really curious, how has writing then helped you in your job?
1: Before I jump in there, let me give you an example in that context. So I, I wrote one article, which is about my experience with the team and my like current team when I joined like in 2010, how we grew the team in India From Like we were the first ones, like four or five people. And now we are almost 60 plus people in India. So I wrote about that article and I always wanted to write that article. And that article is like how reciprocity helps me win in my software career. It's totally non-technical. It talks about how reciprocity helped us build a team from scratch. And it has grown from three, four members to... 70 plus members and 150 members across the globe. And one day I saw, I woke up and I saw it is there in our leadership group WhatsApp chat and in my India group WhatsApp chat. I was like, who shared it? And then it was my senior director who has shared it. And I was like, whoa, how did he found out that one? <laughs> so they found out and they shared and it is there in the LinkedIn. So this helps you get a visibility. I generally don't share it in the leadership group I share it with the team but I don't share it leadership group but he's a senior director so he shared it in the leadership group also and it was amazing so that gives you exposure and then the other side is when you write when you write you just cannot write everything that you are feeling when you are writer you have some responsibility you cannot just say that okay this is bad or this is good you really need to think that okay as a human being I might think this is not good or not bad but is it really true as a professional would I suggest someone else to do it and when I think that I would not suggest someone else to do it then it clicks okay if I cannot suggest someone else to do it why do I think that I should do it so I self-reflect and then I realize that okay maybe because I write from my experience then I think that okay if I don't want to write about it then I should not have done it Or if I want to write about it, I should do the same thing in my future. So that's how writing is helping me more and more to be more refined, more professional.
0: Yeah. So when you write about some of these skills that people should do or things that people shouldn't do, then in your job, you're like, oh, wait, I should stop doing that. Like that kind of thing. Yes.
1: Yes, that's true. And my team members are also reading the articles and we discuss about it. So I don't want to tell them, oh, you said that in your article, but you don't want to do it. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) You're like writing my coworker, who I will not name, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) 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 And, yeah. and
1: they're like hey look at it's about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah the, on on that topic at this seven signs of inexperienced programmer that article is not about pointing out someone though many of my readers commented saying that some of my remo- readers comment saying that it's more of a rant but it is not of a rant I, I I wanted to say that what you should not do to improve your career improve your performance, And it is not about pointing someone inexperienced. And then one person commented, you should be careful being judgmental because maybe your coworkers will read. Then I commented on that. I share all my articles with my coworker and we always have a mature discussion about it. (laughs) It's not like I am ranting secretly about someone else.
0: That's great. I mean, and that's so cool. That's another benefit. Like you can then have these conversations with your coworkers about best practices or about all these different skills that you're talking about, like, it's yes. so cool. I, need a, I haven't really written too many technical articles yet, but I really want to do that. So you inspired me. I'm going to write a technical article cool. and then I'm going to share it with my coworkers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's cool.
0: Um, okay. I want to start wrapping up with a few questions about you. First question, what advice would you give your younger self after graduating college?
1: I will say like with my 15 years of experience now, I will say that just keep doing what you did because it worked out great for you. <laughs> so just just continue that. Uh, if I want to improve on something, I will say that read more books, not the technical ones, but read more books so that you gain perspective on many more things, which I gained much later in my experience or age, uh, which I could have gathered a lot more during the engineering years itself.
0: With that, do you have any books that you recommend?
1: So one is The Pragmatic Programmer. That's a really good book. It is so easy to read that book. It is like you are reading a story, but by the end of the... Work, you will realize that you gain so much about software engineering itself and how to code, how to program, how to deliver. So that's a really good book, Pragmatic Programmer. That I will suggest people. That's the number one. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Number one.
0: <laughs> what is your favorite programming language?
1: Java. Been, yeah. uh, been doing that for fifteen years. I will say that, yes.
0: Okay, yeah. That's how I learned how to program in Java. And so I think Java is my go-to usually, but I've been deep in like React and Python recently. So it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is your favorite piece of technology?
1: Laptops. I can do anything in that. Like I write there, I code there, I do all my (laughs) transactions, everything. It's laptop, the best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got to (laughs) agree. This is my favorite question to ask. What is something absurd that you love doing?
1: So, (laughs) I have this habit of, like I said, we friends, we talk, right? We discuss a lot about articles and topics. So, what I do is I try to get a sense of what they are going to support, like which side they are going to pick in the discussion. And I take the opposite. I don't care what I really want to say. I just get a feeling. And even if I agree with them, just for the discussion, I take the opposite side just to pick on their brain. I keep pushing them till the boundary. Like They give me points. And it is really interesting to see how people think. Because once you agree with them, the discussion stops. It's like, yes, yes, yeah, I liked it and all. But when you don't agree, they push themselves to give you reason. Like, no, it is not like that and all. And some of them has like caught up to that. They know that I'm doing that. (laughs) But I keep doing them till they get like at some point I stretch them too much. So they try to get personal. And then I was like, okay, no, stop. Now we should stop. I'm just (laughs) so that's one of my habits. I always try to pick people's brain. the other side, what they're telling.
0: I think that's the real way you come up with article ideas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that trick of uh, some people are getting to me on that but I still have <laughs>
0: interesting okay maybe I'll maybe I'll use that I'll put that in my pocket mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my last question on an episode is always talking about skills because we're all blossoming technologists always learning things in this field yes. so what is one skill that you're currently working on
1: so there are specifically two the communication and presentation so they go hand in hand so I always try to improve on that So I'm still learning, I take courses, I watch people, how they are talking, if they like the way they are talking, I watch how they are talking, how they are presenting themselves. Because I really love when I just keep listening to them and you have that euphoria. Oh my God, what? that's so nice. That's so inspiring. And I try to like, how are they able to do it?
0: Yeah, I don't know if you've read the book Confessions of a Public Speaker by Scott mm-hmm. Birkin. Really mm-hmm. good book. Okay. Highly recommend. Um, it goes through a lot of good tips on how to make a presentation. And actually, one of my favorite parts of this book, which has stuck with me to today, is the idea of silence at the beginning mm-hmm. of a presentation, how that is when the audience is most engaged. So like, if someone's like, oh, presenting, look at you, And you take like two seconds of just silence. Everyone is like, mm-hmm. what's going on? What's happening? Why is it quiet? And you have their attention. I think that is just That's the coolest trick ever. Yeah. Mm, yes. Uh-huh. Read that book. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah. But that is it. Thank you so much, Lokajit, for being here. It was such a joy talking to you and getting to meet you for the first time and learning about writing yeah. and your career and everything. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.
0: I absolutely loved this conversation with Lokajit. And if you're looking to read articles mentioned in this episode, they are all linked in the show notes. I highly recommend checking out Medium for technical articles. And please reach out if you're interested in writing and want to learn more. Thank you for listening and see you next time where we'll continue blossoming together.